When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. No, what do you think about this? Abel Ferrara's cats. <laughs> you mean if he made the musical cats? Yeah. And it was like bad cats. No, he just takes the source material, shoots it at the Chelsea Hotel, <laughs> just all through Midtown, Lower Manhattan. Yeah. During the quarantine, he's out yeah. there just shooting <laughs> cats movie from the back of an uber they're like we're playing cats can't we wear masks that like look like cat masks he's like no cats don't wear masks <laughs> have you ever seen a cat in a mask i have but trust me <laughs> you don't want to be where i was that night Hi, everybody. It's time for Double Threat. Yeah. My name is Tom Sharpling, and I'm in Los Angeles. My name is Julie Klausner. I'm here in New York City. Tom. Yes, Julie. Tom. Yes, Julie. Tom. Yes, Julie. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. I'm just uh, doing my thing. Yeah. Uh, Hanging out, wearing a mask. Uh uh, Your scream mask. Yeah, I wear my scream mask, which is a uh, N95 uh, scream mask. Because it came so out in '95. It did, yes. And I mean, it's uh, pretty good at uh, clearing the aisles when I go uh-huh. to the grocery store and I <laughs> slide around the corner and somebody's just like looking for paper towels and I'm just like, <laughs> I kind of run up and down the paper towel toilet paper aisle and. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say when it if I'm at the grocery store, there's no shortage of that stuff. If you dare. Oh, because you scare them away. Yeah. You just got to have the guts to come down and grab a paper towel roll from me. (laughs) I am going to start dressing. My next quarantine look Mm -hmm. is going to be I'm going to dress like a like a miner. Uh huh. Little helmet on with a light on top. Oh, I thought you were gonna be like, I'm gonna like pose as a minor to get like Chris Delia to pay attention to me. Yeah, I really I have a script that I think he'll flip for. So and here's my question because we're in a place right now where you know we're having a conversation about actors on cartoons that played people of color, even though they weren't, and mm-hmm. you know. Why did the casting director do that in the first place? And people stepping down to say, I'm not the, you know, the person I'm playing should be played by somebody like that person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but in Chris Delia's case, in the second season of you, 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 hey, you, 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 watch this show. Hey, hey, what shows are you watching these days? You, you. He play a... Oh, I like the show. I've been watching a lot of... Uh, I, I watch Flora's Lava on Netflix, <laughs> and then I watch you. You! 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 You, you, you! Um, so, like... So, no one's giving him, you know, grief about having actually played, like, a creep that liked younger kids on that show. No, that was respectful casting. <laughs> they did a... They, they honored... Yes! His- they I applaud are. I applaud the casting director of you. We're not just making we're not just making a show here that you could forget this isn't we're not doing uh halt and catch fire or whatever. We're making you you hey you watch you I'm watching you if you watch you I'm watching you I'm watching you who what are you looking at? Who are you talking to? You what? talking to you, you? You talking to me? You. And then the show is talking to Travis Bickle. That'd be a pretty <laughs> sweet promo. I actually am talking to you. And <laughs> the new season of You debuts tonight. It stars me. I just think casting directors going forward should take a page from whoever cast you. <laughs> or you know what they should do is they should take a page that like the animators drew so they can see the character and say, nah, maybe I'm not like seeing Kristen Bell. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Veronica Mars, Kristen Bell? Yeah, the very one. Why? Why is your face doing that? Hmm. You're just thinking? And that's the that's the character she'll Look, be doing? We already put the offer out. The answer is yes. <laughs> From the people that brought you, you. Now comes, yes. <laughs> and then the announcer's confused and he's like, okay, I think I got it. From the guys who brought you, you. And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. From the guys who brought you, you. <laughs> All right, you're closer. Um, and then he's like, don't give me a line reading. I always love in a voice thing when at the end they just go, just, just have fun now. You mean go home? Oh, <laughs> have fun? You mean I'm in this booth sweating, drenched in sweat uh, for three and a half hours? Yeah, let, let me start having some fun now. Let me. I, this, is a, this, is a, this is a perfect opportunity to have a good time. You mean. While yeah. you're all staring at me through this glass, wondering when I'm going to say it the way you hear it in your head. <laughs> oh, but it's time. It's fun time now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just crack it open and have a little party in here. <laughs> it would be oh, fun if you brought oh. like. What? No, no, God. I was just going to say, if you brought a six pack and as soon as they said, let's have fun, you just start, you open all six of the beers and you just pour them on your face and you go, yeah. oh, I'm having fun. It's my idea of fun. Don't tell me it's time for fun. If you don't want my fun, I'm not here for your fun. So we look at the world we're in now and the show ended last week and Brett was like, well, we're all out of clips. And then this week we come back and Brett, are we still all out of clips? 
Uh, quite the opposite, actually. We are uh, we we have more clips than we know what to do with. So oh, right. uh, okay, well, let's ignore them and talk about the monsters. So Tom, yes, we uh, usually like to connect before we do the show and say what are we going to talk about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I think like midnight my time. It was very late last night. I was like, let's just both watch an episode of the monsters and describe it to each other. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep halfway through two episodes. So I can probably recap like the first half of both. Okay. Um, but um, what about you? Did you watch any? I, I searched around. I was like, what platform are the monsters on on? Where who's streaming the monsters? And I poked around and then I, I literally fell asleep while poking around well, for trying to figure out what, where you can watch episodes of the monsters. You saved ninety nine cents that I spent on iTunes to watch an episode called like A Man for Marilyn, where Grandpa puts a spell on a on a toad so the toad will be a man. For Marilyn to marry because they're mm-hmm. sad she's so ugly and that's the that's the bit. Yeah, because she's conventionally blonde and right. and uh, right. Her name's Marilyn. Right. So how sake. could she not be a foxy fox? Um, and then I fell asleep, so I don't know what happened with the toad. But the other episode I watched was called the Something Emerald, and. They find a ring. It was literally like there was a bot that was like, here's a 60s comedy writer room. And this is like they find mm-hmm. a ring and it's an emerald. And they're like, don't wear that. It's bad luck. And Herman's like, no, it isn't. And everybody who wears it like do the do the Herman voice. He's like, oh, by the way, he's like, hmm, I don't think it's bad luck. Is that it? Uh, uh, Lily, uh, uh, yeah, that's better. (laughs) He's so disgusting. You know, besides the fact that he has those black lips, he licks them a lot. It's very dry makeup back then. (laughs) He needed to moisten. Yes, he needed to moisten, and nobody was spritzing him. (laughs) It was. How did I get somebody to spritz me? It was called the Fragosi Emerald. Okay. And at one point, Herman decides that, well, Lily starts to wear the ring, and then um, Lily's like in the kitchen, and Herman's like, like, uh, what's up with the chow? Or like, how? <laughs> he's like, hey, Lily, when's the chow coming? He just references the chow and you uh-huh. see her like stirring a pot of stew and then like the pot explodes. Okay. And then Herman's like, well, it's definitely not cursed. So I'll wear it. And then he wears it and terrible things happen to him. And then all I remember before I fell asleep was after the commercial break, there was like, like they made Herman <laughs> sit in a chair and they put like ropes around him in a square. Like he was in a little boxing ring and they had a sign in that gothic font that was like, do not enter. <laughs> so they basically like quarantined Herman. Yeah. Because Oh, because he couldn't get the ring off. Okay. So they were scared of the bad luck. Right. So they went through the trouble of like constructing a rope um, 
like a ring around him and, and, and writing a sign and, 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 and writing and gothic a letter. sign just saying like, don't go near daddy. And, but you don't know how this resolved itself. I ha- I haven't the, f- ah. I haven't the foggiest. I don't know. Maybe it didn't resolve itself. Maybe it's a problem. Is this the final episode of the monsters? It might've ended with him just being cursed and stuck in a yeah. chair for all eternity. It was really something. Did you search for a particular episode of the Monsters? Or oh, no? I just looked and then started to fade. And then I was like, HBO Max doesn't have the Monsters. <laughs> Not Let HBO Monsters. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if the Monsters are on Crackle. <laughs> no. M U. Let me see if they're on Voodoo. <laughs> They're on, they were not uh, on View Do. Not on Crackle. Quibbo. Yeah, let me see if the monsters are on Quibby. No. No. You. You. Your nominees are Crystalia. You. <laughs> Kevin yes. Spacey. Baby Driver. Yeah. Baby Driver. And these awards are being held. In outer space, <laughs> in the first where no one can space legally pursue us. Yeah, like the Wally version of Earth. <laughs> yeah, Wally. I'm I with these Pixar movies now. Yeah, I gotta just say I don't like them very much. <laughs> I know that might be this might I might be a, a, a little bit of an outlier with this. Uh-huh. I do not enjoy Pixar movies. Tell me they're why. Way t- they're way too heavy-handed, and because they're like, oh, they're so well made. They're so. Re-. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not denying they're not impeccably made, but it's just like I can yeah. feel how well made they are, and <laughs> where it's just like, did you watch Up? It was the saddest thing. It's like, yeah, no, of course it was. It's an old guy watching his his spouse die. It's heartbreaking. But that's like you just all you did was animate an indie movie. Right. Like it's like, yeah, of course it's sad because that's a sad thing. Yeah. And then you watch them and then it's just like. I just don't I just don't care about any of it when I watch those things. They're just too pro for me. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like they're just so well crafted. Right. they, They don't feel like they're for even remotely for children. Right. Right. They feel well, like this does, is what yeah. adults want from animation. Then meanwhile, yes. you talk to a kid and what they want is Trolls World Tour. Like mm-hmm. that's what a, that's the animation a kid wants to watch. Yeah. Like, what do you want to watch? Yeah, I want to watch Trolls. And you, you sure you don't want to watch this story about <laughs> he's a 75-year-old man and then his wife died and then he <laughs> Nah, I want to watch Trolls. I want to watch Angry Birds too. Like what about this other one? It's a story about loss and Ma- about sadness. You I, Mom, I don't know if you heard me. In Angry Birds 2, they're <laughs> even angrier. The, in Angry Birds 2, the birds and the pigs team up. <laughs> I want to watch that. No, you don't. No, you want to you watch. You want to watch a story about a music box that bleeds. <laughs> don't you want to watch that? about this sad thing about the pain of growing up <laughs> and 
the torment that you go, no, yeah, I'd rather watch uh, <laughs> the Angry Birds smashing all around doing their thing. Is that the name of the next sequel? The Angry Birds smash it all around. Smash it all around, comma, doing their thing. <laughs> but that's the, I think that's the part that gets me. It's like, I'm grateful that when I was a kid, yeah. cartoons were pretty crappy. Well, they were stupid. Yeah, they were stupid and crappy, and I had a great time watching them. Yes. And then it just feels like now, like what kid, There, there is no child, I, I say this, there is no child that wants to watch those stop motion Wes Anderson things. Where he oh makes no! Just like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> Imagine being a kid. It's called Isle of Isle Dogs. Of dogs. <laughs> you gotta watch this. It's like that's boring. No, no, no. Keep watching. Uh, Jeremy Irons does a voice. <laughs> <laughs> the kid is like who? He's like, from Dead Ringers. He's from Dead Ringers. He plays the twin gynecologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the kid's like. <laughs> it's like no, no. He's like, can I just play with two cans? Yeah. Kids just like, I think I'm actually going to go outside and play. <laughs> if dogs were directors, like what what what's the example of a dog director and what's the example of a cat director? Because I'd say like Wes Anderson is like a cat director. Wes Anderson is like a cat director, and I would say uh Where he like lines up all of his dead birds mm-hmm. on a pillow. And you come home and you're like, oh, no. And the cat's like, I thought you'd like it. They're impeccably arranged. I like it. And then you're like, I don't like it. And they're like, well, I didn't do it for you. Yeah. And then Quentin Tarantino is like a dog director because he's like, rough, 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 rough. Like, (laughs) rough, rough, rough. Like, it's all just like, it sounds (laughs) like... If you watched him direct and then swapped in the sound of a dog, you would be like, man, it still makes sense. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here to let you know about our latest episode of Office Hours Live. Office Hours is great fun. With the great John Early and Theta Hamill. Very handsome. Thank you. Thank you. They're here to talk about their new movie, Stress Positions. And we just had a wonderful time. There was a lot of laughter and joy. Don't believe me? Well, listen for yourself on the podcast app of your choice. You're not going to want to miss a second. That's at Office Hours Live at the podcast app of your choice. I love Vic and Doug, and I love drinking my wine. Uh, last week, Julie, you mentioned uh, a movie called Dawson's 50 Load Weekend, um, and I just received this this little correction about uh, about what you said. Uh, so I'll just read this now. Uh, the and origi- this is from this is from Shane. Yes, this 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 originated from a listener, Shane, and then um, and then I I just you know it's just kind of the you know I just had to bump this up to the legal department, and they said yes, yeah, yeah. you know it's necessary for okay. you to read this and and mm-hmm. you know, verbatim. So. Um, uh, the original 2004 movie, which was released by bareback-centric gay porn studio Treasure Island Media, was titled Dawson's 20-Load Weekend. Uh, the sequel, titled Dawson's 50-Load Weekend Part 1, came out in 2005 and then was followed by Dawson's 50-Load Weekend Part 2 in 2006. Uh, and then there's uh, more here. 
the sequels still include footage of the original uh, of the original titular 20 loads uh, and therefore featured a combined load count of 50. But this recollection is contradicted by Treasure Island Media's website, which reports that after his 20 load weekend, uh, Dawson wanted to more than double the amount of loads, resulting in a five day uh, semen bender that was filmed and packaged under the titles Dawson's 50 load weekend parts one and two. So that's just a little correction there. Sure. Well, we appreciate it. We want to be above board with all of these things and factual. We apologize to anybody who was uh, uh, misled I, by. I'm the- more confused than ever math wise. So they started with 20 loads. And then the sequel was 50. And then the, the third one was another 50. Well, the, the sequel, but it included footage yeah. of the second one. I, I think the sequel was technically a hundred loads and they had to break it into two parts. Um, oh, like were Kill you Bill. sure it wasn't 50 that they went 25 and 25? You you're saying it's you're saying it's 20, 50, 50, not 20, 25, 25. Right. So and, 120? That's what they say in Judaism. May you live to 120. And, well, I think the 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 the, the, the what we're really correcting is, is uh, you know, I think Julia, you implied that that Dawson had de, you know, de-escalated. Uh, right, right, right. right. Uh, okay. But in fact, yes. he has, uh, he did escalate. He did as the Good. sequels came out. He, you know. Okay, he took more loads. loads. Thank increased. you. I, yeah. I regret sure. uh, my error because I was insinuating that he had like uh, started taking fewer loads, and that's not the way sequels work. So I apologize to Treasure Island Media. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's. Uh, I'm glad this has been righted, and uh, Dawson. And I want to. Yeah, I want to invite Dawson to come on the show anytime he wants. Absolutely, the mm-hmm. door the door is open, Dawson. And come on in and we'll do some. We'll do take some a math. load off. No pun intended. <laughs> right. Take a come load on off, in, Fanny. Take a load off, Dawson. Off, Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> take a load for free. Take a load off Dawson. I'm not finishing it because I see Yeah, no, you go and, and then I get to do the harmony. And. and. (laughs) You put the load. Right on me. Me. Hey. Brett, will you please reach out to Dawson and get him on the show? Absolutely. Thank you. Now, uh, getting into the clips, um, uh, this this first one we have is actually a, a short little article here. Uh, and it's a follow-up on something that uh, we discussed previously on the show. And this was uh, provided by listener Nikki. Uh, this past week, Rolling Stone interviewed uh, a bunch of veteran touring artists about how they're dealing with li- uh, how they're dealing with their live their lives without uh, doing concerts, without doing live shows right now. Um, and most of them, like John Fogerty and Buddy Guy, you know, gave pretty uh, standard- such as you know John Fogerty and Buddy Guy, <laughs> like the two first. You know, like I don't know. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I will say this: I'm pretty bummed. Yeah. I had John Fogerty tickets. I had Buddy Guy tickets. <laughs> you get that Ticketmaster email. You're like, oh, I know what yeah. this is going to be. Refund to the point of purchase. Fine. Sorry, Brick. Please, please continue. You were saying uh, John Fogerty and Buddy Guy. <laughs> sure, John Fogerty and Buddy Guy. Uh, they also had David Crosby on here. Judy Collins. Uh, they all gave uh, you know pretty pretty predictable answers about how 
you know, it's more important. Obviously, the the importance of uh, quarantining outweighs, you know, whatever money they would make well, on tour. But also, all of their fans are going to die if they right. show yes. they're all over 70. <laughs> yeah, and they have no business even going to the supermarket, which I tell my parents every fucking day. I say, if you even think about going to Stop and Shop, I'm going to break your legs with a pipe. John so Judy Fogarty, Collins saying I'm not going to play a concert is saving Judy more Collins, lives. David yes. Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Feinstein, Phoebe Snow. Oh, my God. What a yeah! Rolling Stone really, really, really riding that cutting edge with their uh, coverage on that. Who should we talk to about uh, the concerts being canceled? I don't know. Maybe we talk to uh, get Judy Collins and. David Crosby. Well, I know I have uh, I know somebody who knows Buddy Guy. I'll reach out and see Wait, how they're you handling do? things. Yeah. Wait, you've known this the whole time. How long have you worked here, Luke? Yeah. yeah. Burying the lead much? <laughs> Did you know someone that knows Buddy Guy? Luke. Next thing you're going to tell me that you know somebody who knows John Fogarty. Um <laughs> whoops. So so there was one dissenting voice yes. you're saying? Yes. One, yeah. Thank you. One answer that broke the mold a little bit uh, was Sammy Hagar, uh, who, mm-hmm. as we know from a previous clip on Double Threat, um, uh, his uh, uh, obligation to quarantine was competing with his uh, horniness. Uh, and so he, uh, it looks like the, the horniness is, is winning uh, because this is what uh, Sammy Hagar had to say. He said, I'll be comfortable playing a show before there's a vaccine if it's declining and seems to be going away. I'm going to make a radical statement here. This is hard to say without stirring somebody up. But truthfully, I'd rather personally get sick and even die if that's what it takes. We have to save the world and this country from this economic thing that's going to kill more people in the long run. I would rather see everyone go back to work. If some of us have to sacrifice on that, okay. I will die for my children and my grandchildren to have a life anywhere close to the life that I had in this wonderful country. That's just the way I feel about it. I'm not going to go around spreading the disease, but there may be a time where we have to sacrifice. I mean, how many people die on the earth every day? I have no idea. I'm sorry to say it, but we all got to die, man. (laughs) Wow. How horny do you have to be? Yes. To craft a statement yeah. that says, I'm okay with dying. All like, of imagine, us. <laughs> imagine getting like a late night text from Sammy Hagar being like, I'm going to make a radical statement here. Yeah. And you're like, dude, just jerk off for a few more months. Two things I've come away with this realizing is that we figured out one thing that's stronger than the coronavirus is... uh sammy hagar's horniness (laughs) and we should all be getting injected with sammy hagar's horniness maybe as a chance to stop this awful this awful virus i'd rather personally get sick and even die if that's what it takes dot 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 to get some poon tank yeah (laughs) is what he means yeah boy that'll be a real treat him back on the road everybody on edge about coronavirus they all know where sammy's head is truly at and what he's actually thinking about and everybody has to pretend that they don't know 
why they're on this tour this like it's september and they're doing some huge you mean tour. The, se- the session musicians who've all put like three locks on their doors yeah or they're on a they're on a bus but like they have those little like gates that you put down in front of a retail store when they go to sleep that lock <laughs> those metal gates He's so the playing people on one the bus them. with sammy can't like yeah but they're but the gates are like solid so we can't like stick anything in there <laughs> now he's he sounds like a uh a, a caged caged animal <laughs> and should remain caged um it's troubling at best it's it, troubling i think it's just got to be like when they're trying to get pandas to mate and they just have to send him like a version of a panda like they have to send him like a female sammy hagar <laughs> and just like just lock them up cage. and be like here go 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 yeah Throw it into his pen. Yeah, I'm good, man. I don't need to tour uh, right now. Now that I got this. Tawny. Tawny's this here. Tawny. Tawny's great. Kind of <laughs> life-size Sammy Hagar and is uh, filled with uh, fill, filled with uh, uh, old uh, uh, gas-soaked rags and... <laughs> Some cheap. Wait, so Tawny's like a Tawny's like a potato sack filled with rags. Yeah, and then they just stuck like a little curly wig on a wig top. on it. <laughs> He's like, I'm good. I think uh, you know what? Better to be safe than sorry, man. Let's just ride this out. Also, you know, just, I learned uh, a lot from my new. <laughs> and I, I formed a new band. It's me and me and Tawny are uh, doing some duets. And then everybody's just like. I think Sammy is either crazy or we are about to get really rich off Sammy because this is going to be the biggest thing anyone's ever seen watching Sammy Sammy Hagar. Sammy and Tawny. Doing duets on stage, watching Sammy Hagar do them with a potato sack filled with oily rags. With a wig on her poor friggin. I got you to hold my hand. And, and then it's like quiet. Nothing comes there's back. Nothing. But you do hear like the flicker of a lighter because someone's trying to light her on fire. <laughs> well, I've had the time of my life. Just every duet. He's and doing you're like, weird. Like, oh my God. Tawny's on fire. No, no. I'm so horny. I'm going back in. And then he like tries to like he throws his body on top of Tawny's and you're like, oh, he's trying to put the fire out. And then you're like, no, he's no, not. No, he wasn't. His pants are down. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking the fire. And it would be just like, well, kind of good news, bad news thing we got going here. The good news is that Sammy Hagar's genitals were burned off in the. <laughs> That whole fire, so we don't have to worry. The horniness thing isn't so much of an issue anymore. Yes, but the That's bad the news. news is that Tawny, who was really the brains behind that that duo, she was really like the. They. Everybody yeah. always underestimated her. Yeah, they really. It's just not the same without Tawny. Middle Ditch and Schwartz replaced the Sonic guys. 
Well, I think that sounds like some movie casting. They if they're going to upgrade for a movie. Yeah, they should get Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Right, right, and middle and make Middle Ditch's poor wife do the like costume. <laughs> do you know who? <laughs> do you know who the Sonic guys' rivals were in the commercials? Here's a little fun trivia fact: there was a car with two ladies in it. Garfunkel and Oates. No. Jenny Slate and Kristen Bell. <laughs> no. It was Jane Krakowski and Ellie Kemper. That sounds like a more fun car to be in. Yeah, what? You wouldn't want to be in a car with these with the two <laughs> other two other losers who have done nothing but eat Sonic food for eleven years? Their relationship is unclear. Yeah. Like, how do they know each other? Like, one of the things, I'm not saying Sideways is a perfect movie, but there's stuff about it I like. And one of them is like, towards the end, I forget if it's Paul Giamatti or Ned, as I call him, from Ned and Stacy, but they're like, because you're like, how are these guys friends? And one is just like, you were just my like freshman year roommate. And you're like, oh, okay, that explains everything. That's why these guys are friends. They just happen to have been assigned <laughs> yeah. together in yeah. a dorm and they're still friends. And that just, I don't know. That's one of those details where I'm like, nope, that's great. And yeah, the Sonic that's... guys have yet to discover that third act twist and they should read Save the Cat. I think there's a good chance the Sonic guys' ankles are chained together. Because <laughs> we've never they're seen their ankles. Gang? <laughs> yes. We've never seen their feet. <laughs> they are clearly connected somehow. Either they are uh, conjoined uh, mm. physically, or or through through uh, through some sort of chain or or uh, or ankle like a cuff. human centipede style, but like a voluntary human centipede experiment. Well, this is what the will be the movie will be about. <laughs> the movie <laughs> like has none of Sonic doesn't show up until the final twenty minutes of the movie. Right. They don't end up at a Sonic. And, and they're like, Mrs. Middleditch, what do you think the evil scientist would wear? And she's like, please don't call me that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point, there's a line where they're in the car and they're having a hard time getting through the drive through and Middleditch goes, you're the gas, I'm the brakes. <laughs> Speaking of uh, commercial endorsements, we've got another clip here. If you guys want to um, uh, sure. check out another listener clip, yes, uh, please. So this is a, a a real deep cut. I really appreciate uh, listener Zach for digging this one out for us. Um, this is uh, uh, previously, I, I think, in passing, uh, uh, we mentioned on the show um, that Pete Holmes is the voice of the E Trade baby and the E Trade, uh, the Urswell E Trade commercials. Yes. Um, I don't remember that, but that sounds like something we probably have hit on. Now that I'm saying it too, I don't know. It might have been last cut, couple but. months of us <laughs> becoming stupider and stupider and just like mining the yeah. depths of our memory of like yeah. what things were like before the plague. I and know, you're like, oh, like, I think that happened once. Yeah. Because uh, now I'm just like, wait, you mean I, I'll never get to go back into a bookstore? <laughs> And you're like, everything I know is just from the past now? Yeah. 
Oh, I can do a pickup at the thing. I don't want to pick up a book. I don't want to just go up to the door and have you hand. I want to walk and look at the all the books is what I want to do. I want to just all go up I and down the aisles. Do is touch just some look books. at books. I got a feeling I'm not the only one. Yeah. I was oh, I get run, it. But I didn't. So you're saying, Brett, that what so this is a this is a clip from um uh p holmes podcast you made it weird uh from back in uh, 2012 uh this was a live episode um and uh oh i I do know what this is is this john glazer (laughs) yes yeah yeah oh this is a rough one uh so this is um he had several guests on one of the guests was uh john glazer and um eric uh, andre and eric right. andre's on it uh jackie cation uh brett gelman um and uh it doesn't really need a setup but apparently um uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of people that pete holmes had that would like very easily bully him yeah <laughs> pete holmes was like how can i get like the coolest guy Guys yeah, that are just yeah, going to like gang yeah, up on me yeah, and be yeah. really funny and mean. Yeah. How can I curate this dinner party? Nothing but people who can destroy me. Brett Gelman, yeah. Jackie Cation, Eric Andre, John Glazer. I mean, was Tim Heidecker busy that night? Uh, so this is about 41, uh, and 30 sec- 41 minutes and 30 seconds in. Uh, and um, I'll just let the clip speak for itself. Here we go. Hi guys. <laughs> Anyone else narrating that movie would be boring. This actually is a good segue, voiceover, because it came down to you and I for E Trade. Yeah, I guess uh, I had heard that. I thought that was an interesting story because we were in New York, and you're the act- actually the person that told me that I got it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> I'm teasing. I, yeah, pleasure. what do you say? What do you? I just thought that was a weird topic. Yeah, why even time? bring it up? <laughs> Quite honestly. No, no, because it's the podcast. It's supposed to be. I see how I feel right now. I feel awkward. I feel embarrassed. I feel like I've let you down. Now I 100% regret agreeing to do this podcast. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. There's no going back now. But things are going so well for you. I guess so, yeah. Certainly can't complain. Are you bitter about the E-Trade thing? I'm not bitter, but it's an annoying thing to bring up. Yeah. Of all the weird things to make your podcast weird, that's just This is the weirdest it's ever been. (laughs) This is a new record. Yeah. I'm feeling what can only be described as electricity in my cheeks. Hey, let me publicly bring up a shitload of money you could have made that you didn't get, that I got. Yeah. I thought it would be really funny. I, really hilarious. I, yeah, yeah, I, Super funny. My penis is like shrunken into my torso. I'm so fucking uncomfortable. It definitely should. It's like a should. turtle going into his oh. shell. And yet I'm slightly wet. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? What's going on? What Jackie K. Jackie K. FTW. Jackie K. She made it funny. Oh. Yeah. That was that was a nightmare. Oh, I have such like a knot Eric in my Andre stomach. Was com- <laughs> Eric Andre is completely silent. Yeah, I have such a knot in my stomach from that. I mean, I love that it was in front of an audience. Why? Like I have to say, why you like it was in front of an audience? That voice. Why? Why? The Pete Holmes voice. 
What? Did it make you uncomfortable? Why? Oh. Poor John Glazer. I mean, I don't know. Why? <laughs> I, uh, it's also like so strange how quickly he mentioned his penis. And I guess it was like to get a laugh to like get the audience back on his side. Yeah, because everybody loves when comedians, my favorite thing, at least, at least I love it. I don't speak for everybody, but like I, I love when when Ricky Gervais or Jerry Seinfeld just make a point during their stand up to remind me how impossibly wealthy they are. I think that always. Yes. Yes. Then I just know it's that now I can laugh now that I know these guys are right. worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. Now, now I can really have a good time with the show because I'm in the hands of a multi-millionaire. The the one percent. Yes, and it's great that Pete brought that to the podcast world and to the <laughs> indie comedy community. That he brought that same vibe of wow. I made a pile of money on this, and I'm just actively telling you that. Um, look, he deserved you- it. The, his E Trade baby is. Unparalleled. No, he did deserve it. No, he did deserve it. They made it's the right. It's great. Choice. It really made, is. It's, icon- it's iconic. When you think of a baby talking as I about, do. as as we all do, when you yeah. picture a baby leaning over last, the bars of a crib, it's the last thing I think at night before I fall asleep. I'm like, yeah, I did fall asleep. I didn't think something nice. What would it be like if a baby talked about mutual funds, and then <laughs> you're like. Well, I can picture it, but if only I had a voice in mind. And I'm like, well, what if the guy from from uh, Crunch Crashing mm-hmm. was doing that voice? And you're like, wait, isn't he like six foot seven? And <laughs> like, no, but picture that voice coming out of a little baby. And then you're like, ah. What did you say about Crashing on your show? Oh, so fucking brilliant. So oh. the only way I'd watch that is if you played an airline pilot. <laughs> yes, that was... That was, and I know now that that seems like a joke anybody could make. I'm going to say I made it first. He made it weird, but you made it first. I made that joke a long, long time ago. Time ago. I can still remember. I can still remember. When I made that joke about Pete Holmes. And if I had a chance. I could make that Pete Holm dance. I could make those indie kids larf. <laughs> and maybe they'd be horny for a while. We just spend the rest of the episode making up words to Doing American our version pie. of American Pie. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> we should write. Yeah, let's write our, our American Pie. We will perform it. On, should we improvise or should we write it in advance? Why don't we just have listeners write it for us and it will just okay. <laughs> yes. Just take if you so you guys write it and then Brett, you just like mash them all up. <laughs> just yeah, just somebody write write a verse here, a verse there. Yeah, we'll jam or write them the whole together. thing and then Brett will curate it. But like, it could be about anything, or it could be about like every verse could be about something else. Well, how about this? But, if yeah. you're willing to write all of American Pie, then yes. we will sing it. If you go and you write the full, the only, we're not going to do piece by piece and have to assemble the whole thing. What if we put it on the listeners? If somebody's yeah. committed enough. it has enough, to be good. Because yeah. there could be more than one person that does that. And then there has to be a, Absolutely. You know. So if you're willing to write 
an yeah. entire can, American pie. Absolutely. We will perform. Absolutely. It. And um, it could be, like I said, it could be about anything. Mm-hmm. It could be about something we've talked about on the show. It could be about something else. Yeah. So get your little uh, American Pie pens out. It could be about the movie American Pie. Long, long time ago, I can still remember the day I saw Stifler's mom. When a MILF was just an obscure word. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that Pete Holmes thing gives me a legitimate stomach ache. I actually feel like I I need to lay down now. I must be a bad person because I kind of dug it. Oh, I mean, I'm into it also, but I also feel just the tension of that moment. Remember when you and I both auditioned for Dairy Queen? Oh, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Do you still have the audio on that? Mm, possibly. I might also. What if we both bring our Dairy Queen auditions and play <laughs> them on the show? <laughs> and then we could have people vote on who, <laughs> who, who, who did it better. Yeah. Who deserved the job that ultimately was given to Rich Summer of Mad Men? You're talking to me about ice cream? Or whatever. It was so it's like, embarrassing. It's like, I'm, it's like, I'm a juicy burger. Oh, that's exactly it. Oh, my God. Now it's <laughs> coming back to me. Oh, I feel like I have... It's like, hey, mm. I got sesame seeds. No big whoop. You think Something this like is that. cool? You want to you wanna yeah, take you a want bite onions? of this burger? Yeah, we got onions. We got onions. Meanwhile, like neither of us eat meat. <laughs> like, just, like, just, like, meanwhile, just complete sell out to the human race. Oh, y'all read about a hamburger. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll, <laughs> I'll act like a ham. I'll be in the point of view of a hamburger. And be like, eat me. I'm so horny for you to eat me. Factory well, farming doesn't garbage. exist. It's such yeah. a good idea for you <laughs> yeah, to eat exactly. me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a DQ. Bacon cheeseburger. I'm a fucking bacon cheeseburger. I'm made up. I've <laughs> so many animals Would, and people have been exploited yeah, to make yeah. me. Let's throw a pig on this thing next to the cow. Yeah. Uh huh. And pay the people who make it. Yeah. <laughs> Not would, so much. Yeah. What would you think about? Would you play your your an MP3 of that if you had one? Absolutely. It, all right, I'll look for mine also. I'll do okay. it. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. Did I the ever worst, tell you about the time? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The worst part for me is when you do these things and you have to do your name at the top and I'm just like, Tom <laughs> Sharpling? Did I ever tell you about the time I auditioned for like a Baskin Robbins ad for like, it's like a new way to eat ice cream and it's like ice cream nachos. Did I ever tell you about this? No. It was no. so perverse. It was like, we're going to like give you a, bowl of ice cream and we have these nacho chips made out of sugar cone and you're going to dip them in the ice cream and eat eat the ice cream like guacamole and this is a new way to eat ice cream so go and buy it and I remember thinking like this is the sickest shit I've ever seen Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like who wrote this Jeffrey Dahmer I have a new way of eating ice cream what if you eat it like guacamole what if you have a <laughs> smash the cone? You don't put it in the cone. You smash, smash the, the cone. You smash it and then you scoop it. Cause I don't like to lick it. Is that how you what did the you read on it? 
Yes. We were hoping maybe something a little less uh, terrifying. If you oh, could, okay, so something like this. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe cut that in half. Could you? Mm. Could you cut that in? Could you have that? All right. What else have we got, Brett? Uh, so this next clip was submitted uh, by listener Katie, uh, and this is a product that is now being sold online. Um, this is like a QB style, a QVC style uh, commercial uh, that was made about the product. It is called uh, the 2020 Battle for the White House chess set. Uh, it's a chess, uh, chess set that is themed uh, around the 2020, the upcoming 2020 election. Um, and they made this little commercial about it. And here it goes. And this is great because it combines me and Tom's two favorite things, which is. Yes. Chess, chess and politics. And politics. There really is no difference. And we've talked about this. Politics like a chess Kaboom game. goes my brain. Kaboom. Kaboom. Confetti brains. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just, uh, if you think about it, this world know, of politics, it's kind of hey, like a game. Uh, what is the difference? Uh, let's hear Kaboom. The 2020 presidential election will be one of the most exciting races in U.S. history. Who will occupy the Oval <laughs> Office to memorialize so this historic talk. election? All right, can you hit pause already? We Stop! Just, oh, was, my God! Brett, we should have started with this. This is amazing! It's shot in a room that's supposed to be the Oval Office that isn't. <laughs> and then that desk is like... Uh, that looks like a desk where if you're picking out offices, like like which office is mine, you see that desk and it's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're like in a temporary and office there, trying to figure out which one's your room. By the way, I'd like to point out there are three rotary phones on the desk in red, white, and black. Yeah. <laughs> because as you know, if the president has an emergency, he pick up the red phone or he take the red pill. Hello. Goodbye. This desk, yeah, and it, and then the chair White. spins around. Yes, the chair spins around. By the way, by itself, which is spooky scary. Mm-hmm. You think there's an intern underneath that desk who oh, just a doubt. it around? Okay, now spin it. <laughs> and Picture then, the director just being like, all yeah. right, let's do a push in, push in easy. All right, spin the chair. So he's like, I'll count it down. Three, two, one. Okay, do that a little slower, yeah. Jared. Jared. Yeah. Jared, spin the chair a little slower. We're going to pull back Ch- to one now. <laughs> Jared's okay, like legs have cramped to the extent yeah. where he like has to get three of his toes amputated. Do you think Jared under there spinning that chair is a really young person or a really old person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Jared is exactly my age because I see in this the road not taken. And by the way, I just noticed two new phones on the desk on yes. the left oh, no. underneath yes. that banker's lap yeah next to that yeah next to that banker's lamp that implies class there but are... everyone <laughs> knows isn't like those like green you know how the you know how when the president has to balance the budget he puts on that visor yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like it's just like like you're at like a nice bank filling out a deposit slip <laughs> a nice bank like a nice like yeah, like 70s set of a bank in like yeah. 1975. Yeah. I so they know push it. in while Jared spins the chair and then there's a question mark in, I want to say like Times New Roman. Yeah, that looks like a Times New Roman question mark that has been uh, put in post <laughs> onto the chair. 
And by the way, I don't think the question mark moves. I think it's just like the chair swivels, question okay. mark appears, We're meaning who's at- going to be in the chair. Oh, no, I, I, I take that back. The, the question mark does swivel, but at a different rate than the chair. Look at that. See that? Yeah. And the guy who did back, that was too. like, close enough. I got a few uh, <laughs> a few t- kind of temp comps I worked up for the question mark. I can show we'll you three of them. We'll take the first one. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Or, or but I didn't, like, I didn't show you any of them yet. It's like, it's like five in the morning. He's like, honey, honey, I think I got it. I think I got it. I think they turn at the exact same time. And she's like, yeah, they do. Go to bed. Yeah. Honey, you can see the sides of the question mark now when the chair starts to turn, which yeah, is important Yeah, great job, to me. sweetie. Great job. How much are you getting paid for this again? Oh, I'm, pay- I'm paying them. <laughs> I'm yeah, paying I'm, them. I'm paying them. It's experience. It's great experience. <laughs> By the Oval Office to memorialize this historic election. This collector's edition 2020 Battle for the White House chess set is now ready for public release. Democrats stand face to face against Republicans. President Donald J. Trump with Mike Pence by his side. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Senate Majority Leader Mitch. Stop! 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 It's it's Mitch McConnell riding a little little elephant. Nancy Pelosi riding a donkey. Straddling a donkey like like a. She looks so happy. And then yeah. look at that Trump. It looks like he's doing Senior Wences with his hand. He's like, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. As your president, I am all right. Isn't that right? It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. And Mike Pence looks like three times smaller, like scale. Like when you try to yeah. make your Barbies play with your Lego people. And they're both behind Podia. Yeah. How do you like my how do you like my Latin? I do. I like that. That's an Andy that's an Andy Kindlerism. When I think he was on Dr. Katz, he was like, uh, per se. And then he goes, How do you like my Latin? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is a horror so, show. So Pence yes. and Trump are behind Podia mm-hmm. and um, and then we see Pelosi on a donkey and we see Mitch McConnell on a um, elephant. Mm-hmm. Okay. McConnell, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Knights riding I've symbolic donkeys and elephants. I've literally never heard of Kevin McCarthy. Justices I've never heard of him in my life. Sonia Sotomayor, no! Chief Justice John what? Roberts. Shut up. Shut so, up. So those Shut little chess pieces, they're, these are like little pewter style chess pieces of the Supreme Court. I'm sorry. I was I was spitting out overseeing Brett Kavanaugh in a gown because I I bought you a hundred of those, just the Brett Kavanaugh's. <laughs> and they're hidden all over your apartment now. Oh my god. Like a little elf on a shelf. <laughs> they pop up, you're gonna you're gonna brush your teeth oh, you'd be like something's God. in this toothpaste tube are you are you are you open gonna, the medicine cabinet and they all fall out they, they all crash. fall out at the same time so this the supreme is... court is part of okay so who else is in this chess game brett kavanaugh sonia sotomayor chief justice john roberts and ruth bader ginsburg 
bishops standing guard to protect the Supreme Court. Pawns, elephants for the Republicans and donkeys for the Democrats are the first line of defense. Each piece painstakingly designed for impeccable detail that is truly stunning. A keepsake you'll cherish for generations and oh proudly display. Oh my God. Uh, they just show, Stop. they're showing a family. Stop. Well, is it? No, this looks is like a. Uh, is it? No, this does not look like a family. It looks like it looks like no. it looks like uh, uh, looks like the the Manning family playing chess. I think it's like Eli Manning is playing against uh, Archie. There, like it just looks like a, a secret, secret little uh, star chamber. Little oh, this is weird. And, this and the board looks insane. so cheap. What the fuck is going on in this scene? Because they're in, they're in front of like an Encyclopedia Britannica set. That guy's yeah, wearing like a Henley shirt. Like a dirty old. Anybody, if you go there now, like it used to mean like, oh boy, you're uh, you have a real intellectual curiosity because you have these encyclopedias on your bookshelf. Now you see yeah. somebody with it's just like, what's wrong with you? Why are you still? <laughs> you don't have to throw things out. Are you yeah, not able like, to? You've never read those. Those yeah. aren't real books. Half the information like, in this is garbage now. It's been all yeah. refuted. Right. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like hysteria is a syndrome where women are crazy. You yeah. look up H in, in Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, by the way, there's like a candle there. It's like the set of Young Frankenstein. Like you lift the candle and the bookcase is going to swivel around. Yeah. So they're playing chess and there's a little kid watching them play chess, which seems like. High five. It seems like so much fun to watch your yeah. older brother and uncle Grandpa. play chess or grandfather. Just two pals. In your home, former President George W. Bush, Vice President Dick Cheney, Why? along with former President no. Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden, rooks for this historic showdown. Who will win the election in your Look home? How cheap that board is that it's on. Look at it. It looks like it looks like it's a pizza box, like a flattened pizza, or box. like a personal pizza box. Yeah. Oh, so you can get different chess boards that are that have different platforms underneath them sure a little fancier but good better and best they're they're uh, right they really know the chess community we demand uh a, a slight uh lift to Elevation. our our board yeah um who is this appealed to because it seems like they're trying to be bipartisan right you know what i mean like it's in clear, being bipartisan yeah. they appeal to no one even seeing this, it seems like the very existence of like a game that has like Trump in it seems like it's tipped one way. Like, right. yeah. just by the fact that you're like making him look like a yeah. hero. Right. The it. fact that he's tall and at a podium instead of like yeah. in the fetal position, like with like a cheeseburger up his butt. <laughs> and a he, pacifier in his mouth. Yeah, he's uh in a big baby bonnet. Yeah, he he it looks uh pretty commanding on this thing, on this chess uh piece. I'd vote for that chess piece. That's all I'll say. Look, I'm an undecided very, buyer. Yeah. I'm an undecided voter. I'll I vote know. for that. That chess piece makes me want to vote for him. Well, I don't know how to play chess, but this is how I'm going to learn. I'm going to be like, like I yeah. moved my Mitch McConnell because and I blocked your Chuck Schumer. 
Oh, Chuck Schumer piece. <laughs> he seems fun, Chuck Schumer. I like his glasses. I think they're cute. Hello. Hello, Missy. That's like the glasses that the wicked, um, the big bad wolf wears when Little Red Riding Hood comes yes. in. And like, Ch- she's like, Schumer. oh, I'm your grandma. Come on in. Chuck Schumer is literally dressed like. The big bad wolf. The wolf dressed up <laughs> as Granny mm-hmm. saying, oh, good, it's you. I'm so happy to see you, my granddaughter. And she's like, Grandma, what big teeth you have. You're like, how stupid is this fucking kid? Talk about not seeing the big picture. No, not that kid. You go in, your grandmother is suddenly furry. <laughs> How dumb are you? But she's wearing her glasses. She had her her nightgown on and her little sleeping cap (laughs) and her glasses on. It's like, yes, but she also has a snout. Well, look at her teeth. They're big. They're big and they're coming out of a furry mouth. Um, (laughs) I remember my grandmother having an extended snout and... uh, Like she looks especially like that wolf that tried to like kill and eat me in the forest. Yeah, I kind of, kind of invoking memories of that. Um, that one dude must be pumped though, Kevin McCarthy. To I, see, I've I'm on the game. Never heard of him. I'm on the board. I'm in the game. I mean, he, I'm on he it. ordered like seventy five. It's like Christmas is early. They probably only made this so that the people on it would order it. Like, no one else is going <laughs> to buy this thing. Like, you know, Chuck Schumer's just like, I got to get a few of these. I can't not. Um, should we do one last clip and then wrap it up? Okay, great. So uh, the final clip I've got for you here, uh, this is a throwback clip uh, courtesy of Will, listener Will. Um, uh, apparently in the 80s, uh, the G.I. Joe... Uh, cartoon uh, was responsible for doing some uh, some PSAs. I guess these probably ran maybe before or after the G.I. Joe cartoon uh, or maybe as separate commercials. I'm not sure. Um, okay. but we've, we've got a montage here of a couple uh, G.I. Joe PSAs uh, from the 80s. All right. Let's tell mom it was Billy's mistake. You're making the mistake. Flint! Anyone can have an accident, but lying makes it worse. But mom will be upset. She'll be even more upset if you lie. And how would you feel if Billy got punished? Face up to what you've done. Don't take the easy way out. We'll tell her we did it. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Okay, so a kid threw a ball I, I, and it went through the garage window, and they were going to blame a f- four-year-old for it, two, three-year-old. <laughs> to be honest, airtight, like it's a great plan because the four-year-old's not going to get punished. Yeah, Billy, Billy can take Billy can take the heat on this one, and this now, other kid seems like an adult. <laughs> Like look he at in that 40, one. He looks four. He looks forty-five. Like he's got yeah. a receding hairline, and he wants yeah. to be golfing right now. And then this, um, so they're in a backyard, and a jeep just pulls up. <laughs> hey, you know what else is weird is uh, you being on our private uh, residential property with a military vehicle. A little strange. Um, and telling us what to do. 
I think there were like a lot of little boys that like misbehaved in hopes that one day like this smoke show Mm -hmm. would pull this utility vehicle into their backyard and be like, hey, knock it off. Do this. The guy I'm telling you what to do. You do it. That guy is fire. That guy is like he is he is a uh he is a commanding top. That guy. Yes, he, he's got a jawline that is uh, Jay, Jay Leno wouldn't know what to do with that jawline. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, I like that car. He's like, he'd be like, is that a car? Yeah. He, that guy is so intense sexually and he's looking right into the camera. Now, this guy's and very it, angry and he's got his his chin. He has a cleft chin that is truly a, a butt and no teeth. But it's no no <laughs> cleft man. has the curvature like that. It's literally. No. I think we know. Yeah. You know what lying is. You don't lie. It's you worse. Know what happens to liars. Father comes out. Can I help you? Yeah, I just was driving my jeep around, and I <laughs> saw these kids throw a ball. Th- yeah, that's none of your business. What are you doing with your your jeep on my property? Well, the one you, kid you. threw the ball, and they were going to frame it on Billy. <laughs> I don't and care. How do you know? How do you know Billy's name? Yeah. How about you get off my property? Well, I'm trying guns. to tell these kids lying is wrong. You know what else is wrong is bringing your military vehicle into my home and yelling yeah. at my children and making these boys horny. Okay, here we go. Here's more. Your mom uh, had an accident. I'll uh, take you to her. Uh oh. Look, Wild Bill. Who was that? Some stranger. He said Donnie's mom was hurt. I didn't know if I should go with him. Well, just don't do what a stranger says. Check it out with an adult you know. Remember, a stranger can mean danger. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! So a stranger... Another, yes. Yeah. So basically a a stranger pulls up and a guy was dressed like... uh, a guy, like someone who's just like literally either on his way to the mine shaft in 1979 or like lying face down in mm-hmm. the uh, piss trough of the mine shaft, having the best <laughs> evening of his life. The guy has like a full handlebar mustache, aviator glasses. You never see the whites of his eyes. Hot he, as hell. And he pulls up and he's trying to lure this kid. And then. Oh, no, no, that guy, right. No, this guy, the creep oh, this, with the pencil this, mustache. Yeah, the right, 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 yes. But I'm saying cre- this creep rolls up mm-hmm. and starts talking and then drives off. And then another cre- a, a potential, creep takes another stranger off. rolls up. Yeah. It's almost like the kid, like this guy's going to go, nah, you know, I'll take you to your mom, though. You hop on my motorcycle. Like, this you is like a, just mustache? another stranger. You want to grow one like mine one day? I know. Don't listen to strangers unless they're telling you to not go with other strangers. All right, let's watch one more. Yeah. The train! Let's beat it! Come on, hurry! We can make it! Hey, stop! It's too late to cross! Hold up! That's a dangerous game you two were playing. Listen to your friend Chris. Those gates are provided as a warning to let you know that it's not safe to cross. We could have been hurt. 
Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. All right, this is this was really a this is really a shocker. Uh, as a rule, the train is coming. The gate <laughs> is going down. There's really some sort of knowledge gap on this one. The bells I ringing. Have, yeah, I have one. I have two questions. How does he know that kid's name is Chris? Mm-hmm. And why does that one kid look like Luis Guzman? The one kid is shockingly old looking. Yes. He does look like Luis Guzman. That Guzman. first kid where you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Like So these kids are riding. I just I just am troubled about the the presence of G.I. Joe in normal communities now with their military vehicles right. and their well, we- open weapons and it just feels very confrontational. And, and that hand. Time, look at that hand he's holding up. That's not how you draw a hand. No, it's that not is not hand. a hand. That It's that's a hand. Can we, t- can we take a screenshot of that, Brett, please? That hand <laughs> is like two and a half hands <laughs> of palm. There's like, there's like almost, there's over twice as much palm meat as there should be on a hand. <laughs> look at that. That thumb... <laughs> goes so far out <laughs> and the little the little like under underbelly of the thumb no one's is that substantial look when the when the hand becomes a butt and then it goes <laughs> yeah. back into the sleeve that is the weirdest hand i've ever seen drawn look at look how look at the pinky the pinky is <laughs> wide at the bottom like super wide at the bottom like it's like a those fingers so so the yeah my i'm looking at my i keep looking back at my own hand i'm just like no everything is wrong with that hand these fingers that would be weirder about it is if there were fingernails on that side that would be yes if there were (laughs) fingernails on the on the on the finger on the, the fingertip part yeah yeah, it's almost like the bottom looks like they were gonna draw like a chicken. Yeah, and exactly. Like, it's like it's yeah. like a thanks, like you're tracing your hand, and yeah, then you and then just like, like I moved think it. Just it. Like more like a turkey. Yeah, you move. <laughs> you started tracing your hand to do like a Thanksgiving turkey thing. Uh-huh. Got up, got called away from your drawing. Yeah, you got your your went teacher back got two you, hours you got later. In <laughs> you had forgot drunk, what you drunk. were even doing. You were completely drunk. Put your hand back down and Here's then started. Here's my theory. He drew six fingers and then erased one, but like left the palm the way it is. Yeah. No, this is a weird. He like remembered that there's only five. Yeah. And that now people, citizens in this town are just like, you guys noticing a fair amount of like military uh, stuff going on in the town? <laughs> they, These guys are. They know our. <laughs> They know all of our kids' first names. They know. They know. Billy told me that this dude pulled up in like a jeep and then started yelling at the other kids about a baseball. And then he, then they showed up at our kids' soccer game. And now this other guy showed up at the train tracks. And he had this deformed hand. He's got a weird hand. He starts flashing this weird hand around at these kids. <laughs> my kids now can't my sleep. Kid's too, now my kid's too scared to ride his bike in front yeah. of him. 
object of a train. Yeah. You know, my kid's scared of hands. (laughs) (laughs) Not cheating or, or yelling at your teammate. He's terrified of hands. And he, and his favorite thing to do, which is, you know, biking right in front of a moving train. Yeah. Has been taken away from him. Now he just lays on the train tracks. <laughs> begging for sweet relief. And staring at his own hand. <laughs> staring at his own hand. That hand. Oh, my God. Well, Actually, I'd like to hear from our gay listeners to see how influenced you were by these G.I. Joe cartoons or images or, you know, commercials or if you were exposed to these PSAs and whether they shaped your sexuality, because I have a feeling there must have been, uh, you know, there's just like some powerful uh, masculinity on display here. I mean, authoritarian, you know, like. If I can talk about the carrot thing, you can talk mm -hmm. about how formative G.I. Joe was for you. Well, not for me. I've never seen No, no, this. not for you. No, for for you, oh. the listener. Yes, for you, the listener. Yeah, it's G.I. Joe thing's pretty messed up. It's amazing animation, though. That's the one thing I will say. No, it's, it's beautiful. It's like it's, Pixar. Where, you know how Pixar like writes a script and then like 10 years later the movie comes out? Yeah. These G.I. Joe things were on the air that night. <laughs> like They're like, we got to do some PSAs. Is All that right. like Hannah, that Hannah Barbera, like Hannah Barbera's methods were like way too sophisticated where like Yogi Bear started like by the tree and then was like at the rock in like one move. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Well, we're going to keep doing this is what we're going to do. We're yeah. on the right side of things that we're trying to be funny and we're making you laugh or making us laugh. That's all you can ask for as Thank double you guys. threat. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tom and I are going to keep on being screwballs week after week. Please send us stuff to doublethreatpod at gmail.com or go to visit us on the socials at doublethreatpod on Instagram and Twitter and Mm -hmm. send us clips and articles and things to talk about. Absolutely. And here we go. We'll have another fun show next week and we'll keep it going. And thanks for listening and subscribe and like and we like you. Goodbye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.